This is Get a Real Job, the podcast devoted to people who choose risk over safe bets, who pursue their passion against all odds and are doing what they want, how they want, despite people and sometimes the voices in their own heads telling them they're nuts. When the field that I wanted to work in didn't exist, I created it. The only thing you have to decide is how hard you want to work. I really never went into the design of the restaurant of not succeeding. One way or another, I was going to succeed. I'm your host, Dan Bova, editorial director of entrepreneur.com. Thanks for listening. And now, get a real job. In 1984, today's guest inspired me to dedicate my life to studying martial arts in a strip mall on Long Island. Well, three months into my training, uh, Sensei Steve and I mutually agreed that I kind of sucked at it and my karate career was short-lived. But the career of today's guest is anything but short-lived. He starred in iconic cultural touchstones like The Karate Kid, My Cousin Vinny, and Netflix's number one show, Cobra Kai. And now he has a new book out, Waxing On, The Karate Kid and Me. Please welcome the me in that book title, the one and only Ralph Macchio. Ralph, how are you? I'm great, man. Thanks. Thanks for the intro. That sounded like my, uh, my, uh, uh, you know, early days of martial arts. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's, uh, interestingly mirrored. When I was a kid before the movie, I I took a few uh, jujitsu lessons, if you will. Yes. And, um, you know, I had uh, kind of the same reviews, but uh, <laughs> who knew I'd be thrown back into the well and yeah. who knew it was going on for four decades and counting. That's that's amazing. Yeah. Um, my parents, I just remember them looking through that glass window like, uh, hmm, is everyone's going that <laughs> way and he's going this way. That's right. <laughs> Let's try soccer. Um, but uh, so uh, great to talk to you. Um you know, Cobra Kai is, I, I'll admit that I am new to Cobra Kai. I'm only like halfway through the first season, so do not ruin anything for me. I won't. It, go, it, it evolves from there. It's sort of the first season is very much the setup coming in through Johnny Lawrence's eyes. And and then it takes you on this uh, this karate soap opera journey that's getting bigger and bigger. And for, <laughs> for whatever the reason, the world is on board. So it's really been exciting. Well, it's, I mean, I think it's just, I'm, you've talked about this, but it's just brilliant how you guys reinvented this whole thing. You know, in the movies, there was the good guys and the bad guys. But now from episode to episode, I'm like, wow, Daniel's a dick. Uh, or, or wow, he's the best. So it's just, uh, it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone, your allegiance uh, flips back and forth, certainly in those first few seasons. And then, and then um, it, it's, it's really, you know, it dives into the gray areas of these characters and there's not everybody is all good or all bad, you know, yeah. and that's kind of the, the, the uh, you know, the scripture that these guys that create Cobra Kai have launched off of, and it's, it's really working. So my question to you is you and, and Billy Zapka, like, did you discover the fountain of youth? I mean, is this a picture of Dorian Gray situation? Like it's incredible. You guys both look amazing. (laughs) Well, thank you. Um, uh, yeah, listen, the, 
you know, the, the entire Karate Kid universe is kind of blessed in a, in a good way um, that uh, we, we joke when we pitched the Cobra Kai, I guess if we walked in the room and we were all like unrecognizable, it might have been a might have been a tough sell from the start. But <laughs> since we, you know, resemble each other and certainly when you keep the camera back far enough, it, it works in more in our favor. But uh, uh, yeah, we'll take that. We'll take a little bit of the, the sprinkling magic. Uh, dust that comes uh, with the, you know, the Karate Kid franchise. The Fountain of Youth, yes. Uh, so I wonder, I would hope not now, but maybe back in the day, were you getting a lot of fans, let's say uh, overzealous fans wanting to spar with you, like in the parking lot or, or wherever they happen to run into you? Yeah, I think, you know, it's funny. I think I expected more of that. I remember the our first assistant director on on um on the original karate kid film was uh, i think he worked in on rocky three or maybe a few of the rockies because of the same director john avelson and he said to me one day he said you know when this thing comes out if it takes off you're going to be like stallone where everyone's going to want to square off with you <laughs> you know protect their girlfriends or their car or whatever it is you know that they um so i had it in my head that i was going to have to uh, be really careful but I think I think Zapka had more of that than I did. Yeah, okay. uh, and, he, and he attests to that. Um, I think they just, you know, they took one look at my physique and just said, "Ah, this is too easy." Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Not gonna take this poor guy down. He's got one kick. Right. <laughs> well, uh, you know, again, I'm only in the first episode, uh, first season, but your your roundhouse kick to that guy's uh, teacup oh, was oh, pretty impressive. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. yeah. A lot, lot more stretching these days. Right. It's all about injury prevention and <laughs> and uh, and you know warming those miles on the road. Right, but, right. Well, yeah, it's, it's it's fun. It's funny you mentioned uh, Sylvester Stallone. I I recently interviewed him, and he said mm -hmm. the number one thing he has is people want to challenge him to an arm wrestle. Right from uh, from uh, oh, over the it? top, right? Over the top, yeah, right. So, well, because... And he said he quickly realized, uh, I'll say yes, and then I'll like just lose instantly on purpose because uh, right. he said he didn't want to get his arm torn off by some like weird yeah, skinny oh, guy sorry. that was just like an arm wrestling like yeah maybe yeah for sure. So for I'm sure. thinking uh, Sly Stallone and then uh, Ralph Macchio. Like, how do I? What's the perfect trifecta? Who should I interview next to to complete this Italian uh, legend uh, wow. journey? I don't know. That's a good. That's a good uh, question. I'm glad I'm, I'm included. Um, I think. Who's a great? I, I don't know. It's a tough. It's a. It's a tough. I'm going down the list. You see, back in the, you know, it's interesting because back. You know, you think of uh, the films of the 70s, which is now I'm dating myself, but that was the greatest, one of the best American movie eras of films. When you think of Pacino and De Niro and, right. and uh, you know, they're there. So I'm, I'm I go I immediately go to that to that uh, line. OK, um, um, because, uh, you know, they're here, they're amazing and uh, and they'll probably have some stories. Might be might be tougher to pull stories out of them. Though. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not the most loquacious in interviews that I've seen, but um, <laughs> um, so you know, great to talk to you, and uh, um, I, I can't wait to read your book. Um, can you talk a little bit about you know what kinds of things that the, that the book is about? You know, obviously it's about your life, but do you weave in 
you know, I'm sure you've had incredible mentors over the years. Like what, 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 what can we expect? Well, the book is, you know, the book came about, um, you know, I, I've been approached for a, a long while now about, would you ever uh, write about the experience of making the original Karate Kid film and what it's become? And this is before Cobra Kai even hit. Oh, wow. Um, so it was just about, you know, the timing wasn't right. And and um, and then the, and the Cobra Kai hit, but more so the, the world shut down with the pandemic. I was like, what do I do now in March and right, April right. of 2020? Right. You know, Cobra Kai was in the can season three. YouTube wasn't picking up the show because they'd been mandated out of scripted. And now we were without a home and trying to resell it. And obviously, it's, as the story goes, Netflix picks it up and it was it's this global explosion that being said. So at that time, I'm like, maybe this is the time to write a book proposal. Mm. So I started you know, uh, listing chapters and, and kind of uh, the making of the film was the first part of it. You know, me experiencing seeing the film for the first time, the making of the film, some of this the untold stories behind some of the iconic things from that film. Then the second part of the book became more the afterlife, what happens when the crane takes flight, which is the title of one of the chapters, and what happened to my life in the summer of 84, and then after that, and the sort of the the uh, some of the difficult times of the 90s, and but it's always connected to the karate kid of it all in some way and how it's never gone away, certainly for me. Um, and now the relevance and the lessons from that experience and the the film itself, but also my journey in the shoes of that character over 40 years time. It's I think it's quite a unique it's a it's at least a story only I could tell. Yeah. So that that became ins inspirational. And, uh, you know, um, I'm more inspired by having been given the opportunity of that role that now is even more relevant than it ever was. Um, I walked down the street just uh, yesterday in New York, and I'd say 80% of the people coming up are 12, 14, 15-year-old kids. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. You know, and they talk about their parents, and they talk about their grandparents, and they all watch this show, and they all go back and watch the movies, and they watch the movies then, or they watch the show first, and they learned about the movie. So it just seems the right time. To, uh, it's a celebratory look at, you know, the, the Karate Kid, its place in pop culture and, and cinema and my life. That's, that's incredible. So what was your, uh, at the ripe old, how old were you when you made Karate Kid? 15? I was 21 turned 22. Oh, there's right. Plenty, no, you were there's 15. plenty of information like, how is that possible? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's so the Machio curve. I write about the Machio curve. Yeah. <laughs> so at well, at that uh stage of your life was you know, was acting it like this is what I'm gonna do, this is gonna be my life no matter what. Was there a backup plan? What what was going on? That's it's funny because you talk about the plan B's there. A lot of people who say don't don't focus on a plan B because you'll never get your plan A. I'm somewhere in the middle. I still think you have to have, you know, being creative, being an actor, being in this industry is something you could always do whether you can make a living at it or not is another yeah. is another story and i've been beyond blessed and but there were certain times where i was not making a living at it but i was smart enough that i didn't get sucked in the vortex and underwater and 
Um, but I, yeah, I grew up, you know, I mentioned films of the seventies. I grew up, uh, at that time where I just, you know, I had that imagined. I was the daydreamer in English class. That was when I read the outsiders, which I did when I was 12, my head was out the window thinking about, wow, what if I knew these guys? What if <laughs> I, it's really a dream come true role for me, yeah. that film. And, and so I wanted, I had, you know, I, I fell in love with storytelling at a young age, watching old movie musicals with my mom. And I write about this in the book as well, that I, I wanted to be Gene Kelly when I was six, you know? Right. He was the coolest. He was athletic. He was smooth. He was good looking, he had every, you know? And, and, uh, so, so yes. So, I mean, it, it happened fairly quickly for me. Yeah. Um, I think if anything, I paid my dues later after I had my initial success. And now it's give, bearing more fruit than anyone could imagine, uh, myself included. So, so those, um, th those, the, the, those years where maybe it wasn't going exactly, you know, mm -hmm. karate kid level, um, you know, did you, did you freak out at any point or how did you keep your head together? Um, as you said, you didn't get sucked into this, you know, you didn't buy 72 Lamborghinis and now you're right. like flat broke. Um, right. I guess, how did you, how did you keep your head together when things were great? And then, you know, I, uh, being an actor in this whole industry, pretty anxiety inducing, I would guess. Yeah. Uh, yep. You don't know where your next big hit is coming from. So how do you sort of bridge those times? Yeah, that's a great question. And I, I, I write about the, uh, that in, in the Waxing On book. I mean, there was, you know, how did I, some, I think it's part of my upbringing as how I handled the success onset. Uh, and part my own sensibilities. Um, you know, I was a New Yorker. Anytime I was in LA, I wanted to be back in New York. Uh, the Mets were doing pretty good at that time. So <laughs> I wanted to be at those games. My Islanders, the hockey team was winning the Stanley Cup. So I wanted to be at those games. So <laughs> it's like, I didn't want to necessarily be on Sunset Boulevard getting into the coolest club. I wanted to be yeah. Back at the, at the game or with my family or, or stuff like that. So some of it is upbringing and some of it is, um, you know, when I say my own sensibilities, I was I was less seduced by all that. It was overwhelming to me. So instead of like dipping the toe in the water, I kind of recoiled from it. And um, um, when I look back at it, I think of it that way, you know, yeah. and I think that that worked for me, although, you know, sometimes you need to to go down those paths to get, to get a deeper meaning of life. And, and, but, uh, it is a slippery slope. So I guess what I may have lost in experience I've gained in not sliding down the side yeah, of the mountain. Yeah. yeah that... Um, and, and so that's the way I look at it at this point. Now, when things got tougher in the business, meaning I was not on the list anymore, I was not getting the parts for a while. I had a, that yeah, there's a stress anxiety level. There's a you. It's very tough not to become desperate mm. and want to. Um, I think if I lived in L.A. through it all and just sat in that world, or yeah. even within New York City, I was still out in the burbs of Long Island, sort of. You know, so I was able to create my own life, even though there was that void of what used to be is no longer anymore. What I wound up doing is diving into. Um, um, uh, different types of storytelling, some writing, directing of some short films, 
um, being creative in some way uh, did did help with that. And I never got so far. The Karate Kid, The Outsiders, Vinny, my cousin Vinny, these movies have always kind of stood the test of time, even yeah. when they were older films, they were still kind of cool older films. Yeah, yeah. I it's not like I was in the one that just went out with that decade. Yeah, I got right, to be right. a few that that uh graduated and stuck around. So I was never kind of totally uncool and has been. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> so maybe I, I another way I got a little bit of you, luck. You there. weren't you weren't a spice girl. Well I'm not gonna I you could say that. I'm not saying that. <laughs> more coming up from our guests, but first a word from our sponsor. Whether you need digital tools so you can bank on the go, or you need a one-on-one with an experienced business banker, with PNC Bank, you got it. PNC's business banking team is built entirely around the way you like to do business. Innovative mobile tools that let you manage your cash flow, monitor your payments, and more around the clock give you the flexibility that every business owner needs. And PNC combines those digital tools with a team of business bankers who are ready to sit down and talk about the unique needs of your business and help you develop personalized strategies to move your business forward. Learn how PNC Bank can make a difference for you and your business at pnc.com slash bank your way. PNC Bank, National Association, member FDIC. And our next sponsor... This episode of Get a Real Job is presented by State Farm. Being a small business owner can be so fulfilling, rewarding, and let's be honest, a little scary from time to time. Doing your own thing and being your own boss is great, but sometimes it can make you feel like you're all alone, especially when things aren't going so great. Well, the folks at State Farm want you to know you aren't alone. State Farm has thousands of agents who are small business owners too, so they know what it takes to protect everything you work so hard for. State Farm has an assortment of insurance policies for small businesses that can be tailored to your needs. So whether you're a hairstylist, an electrician, or a florist, State Farm agents are ready to help. Learn more and find an agent today at statefarm.com slash smallbusiness. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And we're back. So I would imagine now with the success of Cobra Kai and uh, all this interest, I'm going to guess that people are knocking on your door and I'm just going to go ahead and guess that uh, we're going to see the Karate Kid in the MCU. Is that the next? uh, I I mean, (laughs) you just don't know. I mean, listen. There's no, there's no limit to what a, a studio executive would yeah. <laughs> say. Oh, we could do this, and we could do that, and he could be an alien, and he can come back and have superpowers, and they, you know, there could be three of them. There could be three of them from different universes, and we will, you know. And when this, when stories are well executed, people are, you know, it becomes a power of suggestion. Right. But, right. Uh, you know, the, the Karate Kid Cinematic Universe has begun with, with Cobra Kai. They've opened that up. There's, you know, potential spinoffs off the series. There's potential Miyagi origin story, which is always something I talk. I would love to oh, see. Oh, that's cool. Who was the teenage Mr. Miyagi? What yeah. was his life? What was World War II? What led him to become a maintenance man in the Valley when he had to leave the love of his life in Okinawa? I mean, that's that that movie, that's... That movie, that series, that dramatic, it needs to be made. 
It should be spectacular. Yeah. Wow, that's 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 a great idea. And uh, it's not mine. I would love to say it's only mine. It's not. It's just I'm a cheerleader for the concept. Uh, Ralph Macchio is claiming full credit for that idea. Uh, How'd you like that? I slipped that disclaimer. (laughs) It's like running across the bottom of the screen. Um, You know, uh, Pat Morita must have been a, that's a pretty good guy uh, to be co-starring with when you're uh, coming up in the world, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a whole lot of that in the the book. I talk about that relationship to sort of, his the ch- the main chapter that tackles that. I mean, he's throughout the book, but uh, but soulful magic is what I title that mm. chapter because that's kind of what he was, what that role was. Even though Miyagi and Pat Morita were two different people, when when he spoke those words, it was one. It was a choice of only one on the planet. It's amazing. Uh, I talk about how no one wanted him for the part. You know, wow. and. Uh, you know, it was Arnold and Happy Days. I said the same thing. I talk about how I was like, oh, my God, Arnold from Happy Days. That's what this is going to be. <laughs> and it's so funny. The irony of that, and I allude to this, the irony of that is I initially just pigeonholed him as that until I met him and he read that that role and our chemistry just happened instantaneously. The irony is that it was kind of foreshadowing for what people would say about me. Oh, you mean the karate kid? Nah, you're not going to, you know, and that right. even for cousin Vinny, that was uh there was hesitation for me getting that part because the studio said, yeah, but he's a karate kid. You don't want that. That's, so it's kind of- that's wild. Um, I mean, it's, it sounds crazy, but it's like, Oh, I'm pigeonholed with these two roles and these insanely successful things. Right. Like no one's going to want me now. It's just what a, what crazy. a crazy industry. Yeah, um, it is crazy. So you mentioned the Mets. Now we're recording this in uh, late September. So by the time this comes out, we'll be celebrating the Mets uh, World Series championship. Um, I'm, well, uh, we hope so. We <laughs> hope so. That would be uh, awfully wonderful. We have uh, it's a it's a long road, but it's been an exciting uh, season. And it's nice that they're relevant. Um, I, I enjoy all my New York sports uh, teams that I've always rooted for. And it's, it's fun. I share it with my son, my daughter, and who are adults now. And right. we were just. Jets game all together, you know, it was not a good uh, end result, but uh, yeah. we had a, a great <laughs> it, time. That's a pretty much a guarantee. It's never going to yeah, be. Yeah, that's for sure. But it keeps us, it makes those victories all the more. Yeah. Sweet. When they win, you're like, what just happened? What uh, just happened? <laughs> um, are your, your kids are not uh, in the, in the Hollywood business. Uh, do they? My daughter is. My oh, daughter she is. is. She's actually in. Once you get to uh, season four of uh, Cobra Kai, you're gonna. Oh. Her and she's really awesome. Oh, that's it. great. Uh, so yeah. So there's. Uh, she's been. She's a singer, actress, dancer. She's done theater, stage, did the national tour of Flashdance and the Jennifer Beals role. So she's. Uh, you she, know, do as I say, not as I do. Didn't work. You know. Yeah. But she, <laughs> I was going to say, was that, you know, was that by design where you're like, please don't do this? Yeah, it's it's tough to, you know, because what I always say what happened to me is a bazillion to one. To, but, you know, you got to follow your passion. And like I said before, you can always be creative, you know. Yeah. And, uh, so it's making the living part. That's uh, it's, uh, it's the tough part. Did your uh, did your kids. Or do they, I mean, I guess that they're a little older now. They have an appreciation for, for what's going on, but did they, were they always like, why are people trying to karate fight you wherever yes, we go? Yes. 
Yes, my daughter's. I think my daughter was about five or six. We were in a Planet Hollywood. Uh, maybe she was young, probably four years old, and they would have like the memorabilia up. And it's like, why? Why is you know what is this like bathrobe that has a tree on the back of it? And why everyone standing on one leg every time they come to the table? You know? Yeah, there's a good joke for you, but it's kind of true. Yeah, that's great. Uh, you know, it just hit me who the third person should be. Fabio. Fabio. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would uh, bring it all tied all together. Right. That, that, that does tie it all together. And (laughs) his thespian, his work and his body of work. And I just, speaking of body of work, it might've been an pun intended there, but, uh, but uh, yeah. You all have fantastic hair is, uh, is what I'm getting at. Um, so, uh, so Cobra Kai now we're, uh, can you give any hints as to what people who are caught up can sort of look forward to any sneak peeks? Is it all in development? Well, it's, you know, with season five just came out September 9th and, uh, has been, you know, as they say in the music business, top of the charts for a little bit. Um, uh, so it looks like we'll get to do more, but that is not official as of yet. So it's always, you always have those butterflies, not knowing, uh, you know, if you're going to get the hook, even at the t- top of the mountain. But, um, I think we, I, I'd like to believe Netflix and Sony will let, uh, the guys who create the show, bring it in and, uh, let it end at the time. Cause the fan base is so passionate. Yeah. And that's, that's what I, I write about that too. It's, it's not the one actor in the movie or even the cast or even the filmmaker this the karate kid has become you know um you know it's a it's a piece of uh pop culture as part of the american lexicon some of these lines of dialogue and and so it's um you know they are passionate fans so yeah. we want to give them the ending that they they'd like and hopefully it spins off to more other ideas I, i'll let you go in a minute but what uh what line of dialogue from either my cousin viddy or or the karate kid or anything you've been in are you like you know what i, I appreciate you shouting this at me but maybe we don't i don't need to hear this every day right right i guess um they're all see as I get older, they they all awesome because it just means people care and they watch these <laughs> yeah, movies. Yeah, like, yeah. like when someone says to me, "Well, hey, how do you feel about people saying the kick was illegal and Johnny Lawrence is the real like?" <laughs> and I was like, "The fact that 24, <laughs> 36 years later, people are doing that means that's kind of awesome." Yeah, I mean, that is great. Movie that anyone talks about that only the grandparents originally saw, you know, <laughs> or parents. So, but, you know, I love hearing the stay gold pony boys and the, the, I shot the clerks from my cousin Vinny and I guess get him a body bag is probably one that I shouldn't want to hear yeah. too much you know, <laughs> at my age, but uh, they're all, they're all pretty uh, awesome. That's fantastic. Well, and I have to thank you for us growing up, uh, growing up even to this day, I'm still, called Danielson for, uh, for, um, by various members of my family and friends. So thank you for that. So, I apologize. Uh, no, no, all good. So Ralph, uh, I, I appreciate so much, uh, your time here and, uh, just all the stuff that you've created. Uh, it's really brought a lot of joy to, to me, to the world. So on the behalf of the world, thank you. Uh, thank you. 
<laughs> yeah, okay. of course. And uh, so the book is called Waxing On, The Karate Kid and Me. Uh, I will be reading it for sure. Uh, so, Ralph, thanks so much. And any uh, you want to give a shout out to Long Island? Uh, my family all still lives there. That's you got to give a shout out to Long Island. That's, uh, you know, the, those are my people. You know, I'm just uh, it's 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 a, it was a great place to grow up. It's a great place to live despite uh, the taxes and the traffic on the Long Island Express. Yeah, there you go. The <laughs> taxes, traffic and the Jets will lose three things you could always count on. Uh, yeah. All right, man. Well, so great talking to you. Thanks for your time. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. All right. Take care. That's our episode, folks. Hope you enjoyed it. Get a Real Job comes out every Tuesday. So be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you harvest your favorite podcasts. Leave us a review. Give us a share. Don't make me big, people. Go to entrepreneur.com for new episodes of this and to listen to our other great podcasts. Thanks. Thanks.